Lives Matter, the podcast discussing Michigan public policy through a research lens. Facts Matter is brought to you by the Citizens Research Council of Michigan, a 104-year-old independent nonprofit research organization that provides unbiased information on the significant issues concerning state and local government organization and finance. Our research can be found at crcmich.org. Now, let's dive into the facts that matter. Welcome to another edition of Facts Matter. My name is Joe Steele, and today we have Eric Lufer, President of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. Eric, great to speak with you again. Always good to uh, have a chance to connect. So Eric, you recently posted a blog on the council's website at crcmich.org that focuses on the one unit of government that folks might know the least about, uh, the counties, and some ways to improve their tax system here in, in Michigan. Now, most people know what goes on here in Lansing and probably know their local municipal government. So let's first cover some basics about the county government, what it does, how it taxes people, and just some, some introductory, I guess, if folks don't know what their county government actually does before we get into their tax system and some solutions there. Yeah, so in general, the county government is the administrative arm of the state. The counties record uh, births and deaths. They record property transactions, all that type of thing. We have the county sheriff, which is the uh, criminal justice side of the state government, how to keep people mm -hmm. safe. Uh, the counties run the court systems uh, and they have a major road function. Um, so it's important, not only what counties do, but we what we think counties could do. Uh, we have over 1,800 units of government in the state, um, just talking about cities, villages, townships, and county governments. And when you think about the 21st century, where we're at, that's a lot of government, right? And right. if you're looking for efficiencies, you can encourage all those governments to find ways to work together, or you can capitalize on the fact that we, at statehood, created regional governments called county government that we could very easily shift many of the things that our cities and townships do up to the county government and take on those and, and be much more efficient in the delivery of services. So um, yeah, county governments are what I call the invisible form of government because they're there, but you rarely realize when you're interacting with them. Um, but with, uh, with a greater focus on what they're possible, what it's possible for them to do, mm -hmm. uh, we could lift them up and have them play a more important role and create more, a lot more administrative efficiencies, uh, service delivery efficiencies in a lot of the things that government does, local government does that we all benefit from. Right, and you started the blog, and I don't want to give it away for the for the readers, but kind of a bold statement saying if we were to create county government today it would likely look a little bit different than the way it is actually structured. And is it mostly around that efficiency piece that you're, you're talking about trying to, uh, you know, smooth out and, and uh, I guess really just make things more, more efficient and effective. Yeah. I think if we were starting the state today, if they said, Hey, there's that go peninsula, go figure out how to run it. That um, we probably would keep cities and townships, but we would, ask more of the county governments. And we would also reevaluate how we would fund 
local government. Right now, local governments have the property tax, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. 24 cities have an income tax and the counties have a few small taxes, but uh, we fund local government with the property tax. Mm -hmm. And that means that the counties levy a property tax and the cities levy it in your library district, in your road uh, authorities, and it goes on and on. So individually, you look at each one of these and say, well, that's not so bad. We can pay that. But then you start adding those up and it really becomes very cumbersome. So I think if we were to start over and how would we fund local government, we wouldn't put so much pressure on the property tax. Um, while I say that, I'm very mindful we have a, a report coming up very soon that's looking at our property tax system in Michigan and the limitations that we've put on it. So because we have this compounding, uh, all the pressure is over the years back in 1978, what we call the Headley Amendment, in 1994, mm -hmm. what we call Proposal A, put mm -hmm. limitations on our property tax and what our new report's going to show is that we have really hamstrung the ability of the property tax revenues to grow from year to year. Mm. So you might say, well, that's a great thing, right? I'm a taxpayer. I don't want to pay anymore. It's created great stability. So that's a good thing from a taxpayer point of view. You know from year to year that your property taxes are not going to change much and, and you can live with that. But from the ability to run local government, if, you're, if those revenues aren't growing, if they're not responding to economic growth, right? We might have cities or counties that are doing great things and attracting people, but that property tax isn't responding to it. So those governments really have a difficult time paying for the services that those people want as they come in. They want to be safe. They want to be able to do things. So again, if we were um, reimagining government today, we probably would want the property tax to play a role to provide that stability, but we would want some element of the tax system to be able to respond to the economic growth and help that government provide the services that people want. Important things like public safety and refuse collection and you know, parks for, for their kids to play in, things like that. Yeah, and then you noted uh, you noted things like the income tax and things like the sales tax, you know, at a at a county level, which I don't think um, exist today. Um, so you also know there's more flexibility at the county level to to uh, to I guess a wider variety of of, of taxable options or how, how yeah, does that I mean, so that's a relative statement to say that they have greater flexibility because the cities. The townships have none, right? The townships have the property tax. Right. If you're a city, um, you have the property tax and 24 cities I mentioned have an income tax. So uh, there's, there's some diversity there, but not a whole lot. And most cities have been very reluctant to go that route. So the counties have a hotel motel tax. If you're in Wayne County, there's a rental car tax. Um, so, you know, they're just a few more things, but they don't bring in any real revenue. Uh, we have a county uh, real estate transfer tax, but all the pressure is really on the property tax. So um, they have a little more diversity, but it is 
such an incremental to fund separate things that it, it's just we we might as well not even talk about them existing for most right. Of okay, so we know that there's this invisible union of government that should you know that has some uh, some capability there. Um, we talked about some inefficiencies. So what is the solution? What is the 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 I guess suggestion that uh, that you're making to to make a better county yeah. tax system? So as we as um, you mentioned. There's two taxes that are capable of raising revenue in some sufficient to make a difference. That is the sales tax or an income tax. So as you think about the diversity in Michigan, if you're a northern uh, county that gets a lot of tourism, the West Coast with all the um, tourism along Holland and Grand Haven, everything like that, you would benefit from a sales tax. All these people coming from different places, buying things, uh, buying food for their second homes, all that type of stuff, uh, you would benefit from that. It, and Southeast Michigan, where there's heavy commerce, um, they would benefit from a local option sales tax. Mm. You think about where the people are, where the jobs are, an income tax would bring in revenue. And the problem is that as of 1978, with the Hetley Amendment, there's a requirement for all local taxes for a vote of the people to levy a, a new tax. So, you know, I say, well, that's great. Let's go that route. But now you have to sell it to the people. And with 83 different right. counties, unless you could work a miracle and have all of them voted on, on at the same time, somebody has to go first. And now there's that political difficulty of selling to the voters. Let's do a tax. It's best for our county. Never mind what everyone around us is doing. It's it's a hard sell. We we know it's it's a hard sell. Uh, the alternative is for the state to get involved. Um, we have something in Michigan we call state revenue sharing. It is mostly for cities, villages, and townships. But there's an element for county government. And the easiest way to achieve what I'm saying is for the state to increase its sales or income tax. Not that that's an easy thing, but it's much easier than 83 counties working independently. Um, to have some element of that tax collected as a state tax for county government and send that money back. So I mentioned there is an element of that already. That money is distributed back to the counties on a per capita basis. And mm -hmm. it's really the most inefficient way you could do it. I might as well jump in a plane and sprinkle money out the window as I go and hope it lands in the right places because I'm doing it on a, you know, a set schedule. So it's going to land on a, on a fair amount for everyone. Well, we don't, we have population centers in the state and counties have greater population density. That means they have to do more things for the people. So uh, if the state were to share revenue in a meaningful way, it should either pay attention to where those taxes are collected and send them back in that same proportion or uh, come up with a, a measure of fiscal capacity that recognizes the different needs in the different places and sends the money back 
to achieve a state purpose, right? To to lift the state um, because what's good for each county is good for the state. And so how do you help those counties to help the state? Um, you, you look at that, those measures of fiscal capacity. So we've heard, uh, obviously there's a revenue sharing um, process that, that goes on from the state to the municipal governments. Wouldn't this system uh, go in that same direction, which is you're collect, collecting funding, collecting taxes at the state level to then turn around and send back to the counties. Um, but the municipal governments have said, well, we haven't seen our fair share or we know what should be coming to us. Is there a risk of the counties feeling the same way and, and that money staying in Lansing yeah, being I mean, so, in a way that it, that it, it so designed ideally it? as a good government organization, we would say you shouldn't cloud up the state constitution with details such as this, uh, that the, the constitution is to create the structure and create the guidelines. And, but we, you know, so this is where good government runs into reality. And we know uh, that the legislature has a propensity to divert that money that should be going to local government when times get tough and, and fund state government on the backs of local government. So, one thing you would have to look at with this is a constitutional amendment to ensure the money goes where it should be. Uh, the the, the mm -hmm. state legislature can't divert it for other state purposes. Um, we wouldn't think that's a great idea, but again, we would understand why the counties would be, would feel strongly about that. Um, the other part, you know, if the state's going to do this, should it increase state revenue sharing for cities and, and villages and townships or for county governments or for both? The, the more you're doing, the, the thinner you're spreading it around the state. We think mm -hmm. you get greater bang for the buck if you were to fund the counties this way. And, and that frees the, the cities and townships to concentrate on what they could be doing. And again, going back where we started beef up what counties are able to do because they it, it would be more service efficiencies and administrative efficiencies to do it that way yeah, that was actually my next question was uh what would this mean for the counties and municipal governments in terms of services could you imagine some of those services that local municipal units of government provide I don't know, trash service, uh, law enforcement, whatever it is, um, to then move up to the county level and be covered at that level? Or, or, uh, or is it, does it just depend on each county, which one, you know, which, which services they would like to take on at the county level? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, there's been some studies we would want to do more. Um, from my perspective, police and fire are the major cost drivers of local government. Mm -hmm. Fire service, um, you don't want to close down firehouses. You want to have the fire truck as close to the people as possible, close to the houses as possible. Um, but you can create, a, create efficiencies at the administrative level, the purchasing of equipment, the training of firefighters, things like that at the county level. So there is some savings to be had 
not by closing firehouses or laying off firefighters, but by um, administering it and training officers at the county level. Police services could be done better at the uh, city level. Again, you want the patrol cars out, um, helping people and patrolling traffic and things like that. But when you get into everything that police um, departments do, you have these specialty departments, the drug enforcement and uh, all these special things. We don't need each police department doing their own thing with that. If it were at the mm -hmm. county level, uh, mm -hmm. there's greater efficiencies and, and able to respond because crime doesn't follow the little dotted lines on the map. Uh, so, so let's not constrain our police departments from doing that. You know, and, and frankly, if, um, so I'm in, in Wayne County, if Livonia wants blue cars and Dearborn wants brown cars and officers in brown uniform, I don't care. It's all being done at the county level and you're creating that efficiency in what the public sees. Uh, if it says Livonia on the side of the car and that they have blue off, you know, blue uniforms on, that's the least of my worries. We can still make it look like a right. local department that does that, but we can achieve a lot of efficiencies at the county level. My, my real um, driver with this, what, how to separate this is what makes each individual community, what creates their identity, right? What makes it a, a place to be? So mm -hmm. if you think about Frank and Ruth, they wanted to maintain that German culture with the, um, the zoning and, and everything. Um, and, and what that looks like there is going to be far different than Grand Haven that wants to be a, more of a resort community and you know, enjoy the beach and everything else. So how do you empower those communities to create their identity and leave the county to keep the people safe and provide the services in the background to do that. So um, there would be some complaints of loss of control of their police department or things like that. But I think we can overcome that. I, I think if done right, um, you, can, you can keep the people safe and allow the communities to create their own identity and save money in the process. Yeah, especially if it's those, you know, specialty units like you like you mentioned that could be shared services across a, a county and, and not replicated from one specific township or city to the uh, to the next. Um, speaking of, of uh, local control and keeping things, um, I guess, the same from one county to the next, going back to the tax system and what the state would could potentially levy on behalf of the of the counties, would this be uh, a blanket? which is to say, if you were to go income tax, would it be an income tax that is a blanket across the entire state and across all of the counties at the same level? Uh, and and it, uh, sales tax is the same way, or, or you couldn't have, you know, 83 different versions of those, right? Yeah, I mean, you could. Uh, there are some states that do that. I think um, Georgia is one of them um, where they've, the state plays a major role, but it really allows the counties to create their own identity and, and their tax system that they want. Um, from an administrative point of view, it's really easiest um, to, 
to do it across the state to have some amount of income tax or, or some percent of sales tax uniform across the state and say, well, let's just make that go back to local government in a meaningful way. Right. It, the, the idea wouldn't be for, you know, we certainly don't want to do this at the city or township level to have 1800 units of government and you don't know if you're on one side of the road what the taxes are on the other side right right so at the county level you can create a, a little bit of diversity but um, that that sort of thing the devil's in the details and how uh, how intense do you want to get trying to figure all this out right right obviously we're just talking this is just an, an idea uh so uh but the bottom line is, uh, bottom line from your point of view is take, taking a look at this concept to provide um, more efficient government, uh, which will lead to better services potentially for Michigan residents as well as cost savings. Is, is that kind of where we're going with this that, whole yeah. uh, idea? That's the big picture. Um, we can create efficiencies at the county level, but we can't assume they can do those do more things with the same amount of money. So would you do that by increasing the property tax? That would be my last choice. Mm -hmm. And so what instead in, in the sales or the income tax are the best candidates? Uh, and, and this is where the state comes. Well, good, a good conversation. I encourage folks to read the uh, the blog that you posted again at crcmich.org to get a better idea, a more a deeper understanding of, of what you were talking about here. And just, again, an idea that you're putting out there is something that folks might be able to, uh, to take a look at. But before we, uh, before we let you go, I understand there's uh, some, some things happening at the research council that you wanted to, uh, to mention some, some, some growth, I guess, uh, if you will, with, uh, with the work you have coming up. Yeah, this is my chance to announce the rebirth of the Detroit Bureau the Citizens Research Council is 105 years old. We started off as the Detroit Bureau of Governmental Research. And over the years, even though we became a statewide organization, we've always had one eye or on the city of Detroit or one foot in the city. Um, so we are, uh, as of Monday, April 19th, uh, increasing our staff with a new research associate that will be focused solely on the city of Detroit and the Detroit school district and how to do what we can to help the city continue to grow coming out of the bankruptcy and, and everything. They are on a better path than they were 10 years ago, but there's still a lot of issues. So how can we provide our independent nonpartisan public policy analysis to help them sort through the issues that they're dealing with um, uh, Ishag Osman is our new researcher, and uh, we're going to start off looking at the proposed city charter that the voters in Detroit will be voting on in August, and uh, looking at the city budget and looking at the property tax in the city and uh, trying to deal with a lot of issues that we can all promote and how to how to lift our biggest city in the state, our most important city. And if we can help that, that'll help this, the whole state. Uh, 
no, no, we're excited to get going. Yeah. Congratulations. That's, uh, that's great news getting back to your roots. And, and as you mentioned, helping, uh, uh, take a look at the biggest city in the state, which, uh, again, drives the, uh, drives the state. So that's awesome. Um, congratulations, uh, to you and the research council for, uh, for that, uh, growth and, and, uh, we look forward to seeing what, uh, what comes out of that, uh, Detroit specific effort. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Eric. Appreciate you lending some of your expertise, uh, to the listeners uh, today. And we look forward to catching up with you on the next time. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in and check out our website at crcmich.org. Along with this podcast, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan produces blogs, research papers, op-eds, and other resources to better inform Michigan citizens and policymakers. As an independent nonprofit, our work is funded by Michigan corporations, foundations, and individuals like yourself. If you like what you've heard, please consider making a donation by visiting crcmich.org and clicking on Get Involved. Thank you for your support.